Call us at 1-800-TIME-TO-GO-VEGAN. That's right. It's time for another episode of Vegan Radio. Drop them sirloins. That's right. It's time for your tofu. Ain't that right, Make the move. That's right. Say it like it is. I always do. I never want to mince words. Or mince any meat. I might mince some bok choy every now and again. Alright, so this show, uh, we are scottless. Scott free again. What are we going to do? Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's the glue that holds our show together. Is he? <laughs> no. Well, he could be. <laughs> That's what he would have said. <laughs> <clears throat> well, today on uh, Vegan Radio, we have Yvonne Smith, who has a TV show called The Traveling Vegetarian. And she travels around being vegetarian. <laughs> She'll tell us more about that. And also on today's show... What else? What else? We have Vegan Improv. Vegan Improv? With Megan and Derek. That's, <laughs> that's funny. I wasn't told about the Vegan Improv. No. No. <laughs> well, we go back a long way, me and Megs. <laughs> <laughs> Too long. Hopefully we can figure something to talk about. <laughs> we got to fill up the first 20 minutes, and without Scott here, we have no news. Oh, no. But as they say, no news is good news, right? That's to, that's be, right. That's to be seen. So uh, this weekend, the vegan bus is heading to the Farm Sanctuary Hoedown. And we want you to be there. Well, the, the Hoedown's already sold out, so. It is sold out. Oh, yeah. Sold out, and the vegan bus is sold out. Everything's sold out. <laughs> Vegan bus is sold out. But that doesn't mean we're sellouts. How did how did uh, the event get sold out? Well, a lot of people are interested in going. They buy tickets, and then the tickets are all gone. So this means I can't go now. This is very disappointing. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to decide tomorrow morning? That's right. Oh well, we'll have none of that. Um, so what's the what's going on? Vegan bus is going down. The, you want to talk a little bit about the grease bus? The grease bus. Well, we we have a for those of you who don't know, we have a full size school bus, big and green, and it says the vegan bus on the side, and it runs on vegetable oil, waste vegetable oil to be particular, uh, which is oil that we collect from restaurants. Uh, we have a restaurant locally, the Butterfly, that gives us their oil. <gasps> You're not supposed to say where it is. Now yeah, people are going to be vying for our connection. Oh, no. <laughs> we've, we've got the hookup with the butterfly. Don't even try. Okay. Um, people are very secretive about their grease hookups, just so you know. Well, they said, they always say to me, oh, somebody else came asking for grease, but we said no. Oh, The okay. vegan bus. The, ve- the vegan bus prevails. <laughs> the vegan bus gets all our grease. Um, so... So we get our grease there, and uh, when we're on the road, we get it in other places, and then we have to pre-filter it to get it down to five microns or less. Sometimes we have to be grease pirates when we're on the road. Well, let's not talk about that. (laughs) Never know who's listening. (laughs) And uh, and then um, and then we run it, you know. Then we run run it it. through the engine. Run it. And for uh, cheap. One of the benefits of of um, using Grease, vegetable oil, is that, uh, you know, when you use coal or oil, um, obviously you don't use coal in vehicles, but when you use oil, you're you're uh, releasing carbon into the atmosphere that's been trapped for many years. With um, vegetable oil, it's already carbon that's already uh, available in the atmosphere just being reused, so it's kind of a carbon-neutral thing. Um, obviously, there's not enough waste vegetable oil for all the cars in the U.S. or even a good fraction of them, but it's kind of a temporary way for some people to uh, help uh, use a better source of energy. And also not contribute to war. (laughs) Not contribute to the oil oligarchy. And wow, is it cheap. (laughs) It's It's free. Well, it's free, but it's a lot of work. (laughs) <laughs> it's not free it's of not, it's, it's not, not free of labor everybody. or energy. I'll, I'll definitely say that um, you know you're also dealing with the whole bus, so you've got a lot yeah. more work on your hands than somebody with a car. That's true, but you still have to get your hands greasy, no matter what 
you're driving unless you isn't it worth it well it's worth it to me but if you're a senior citizen with a walker <laughs> or something you might not you got to make sure you get a really good system <laughs> <laughs> you've been eating meat all your life and you can barely move you know but we'll not get into that um anyway so the vegan bus uh driving to the hodan which is about seven or eight hours from where we live and we've got about 10 to 12 people going at this point and hopefully we'll get there what happens <laughs> want to tell our listeners what happens at the hoedown in uh Watkins Glen what New York? happens at the hoedown well the hoedown is at, at farm sanctuary which is uh, the largest farm animal sanctuary in the U.S. and the one of the bigger um, vegan animal rights groups, even though they are a little controversial with the uh, abolitionist vegans, uh, which I lean towards. But um, I think Farm Sanctuary actually does a lot of great things. They they definitely have a great education and outreach to get people to go vegan, which is what we need, what we want. The goal of what we demand vegan radio and the vegan bus is to veganize people. Um, and so, and, and people going to the farm are often transformed into vegans by meeting the animals that they're usually eating. And at the hoedown, um, there's going to be a bunch of speakers, right? There's going to be speakers. Um, Do we George, have a list of those? George Iceman. George Iceman, one of my favorite He's also going to be giving some uh, wild edible hikes, which is always fun. Um, I believe the uh, the owners of the Jiva Mukti Yoga Studio are going to be there giving yoga. That's a in the morning vegan yoga center in New York City. Well, the yeah the owners the are owners vegan. are vegan and they're. I don't cafe- think they make everyone that goes. There. No, but the cafe is vegan as well. So the cafe. Oh, there's a cafe there. I didn't even know that. What do you? <laughs> we were just at an event there like a year ago. Oh. <laughs> Well, they had all that free food. I didn't. Yeah, that's that's where the I cafe is. I wasn't thinking about a cafe. Yeah, they have like oh, a that, like a it's raw. It's like a juice bar. Yeah, it's like a juice bar slash kind of raw foods live cafe. And uh, let's see what else. Uh, you know, obviously, Farm Sanctuary co-founder Gene Bauer is going to be talking. Um, Bruce Friedrich from PETA. Oh, also controversial. Controversial group. Farm Sanctuary is really banding together with the <laughs> other controversial groups. Oh. <laughs> Um, Suko, the vegan artist, who is very awesome. She um, illustrated and wrote the book Dead Meat, and she went into um, slaughterhouses some years ago with just a pad and a pencil and drew everything that she saw and then turned it into a book later on. Yep, and since then she's done a book about um, sheep, transporting sheep from Australia to... uh, the Middle East for their slaughter, all you wool users out there. <laughs> if you think that the sheep don't get hurt, um, they actually have a journey that's very similar to what um, the African slaves endured on their way to come to the U.S. Is the that North. the connection that Suko makes in her book? Um, I don't. I don't, well, probably not. But um, if I mean, it's it's a very easy. You're connection. making that connection. Well, the connection's been made. I mean, they're overcrowded in ships traveling across the ocean and getting thrown overboard. And some of the ships, you know, the, some there's a lot of them that die on the way. And then when they get there, they get killed. Uh, usually for ritual slaughter in the Middle East Islam nations. Or perhaps. Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> might be in, might be in um, Israel, too, I think. I think the Jews and the Islams. Uh, You're just making stuff up now, aren't you? I'll uh, do the ritual killing stuff. Let's stick to what we know. All right, stick okay. to what we know. It's a good book. <laughs> and let's see, Josh Hooten. I think that's Josh from Herbivore. Yep. Mm. He's going to be there. Created a vegan Captain Paul journal. Watson. Now talk oh. about a talk about a radical, controversial character. radical vegan out ramming uh, Japanese whaling ships and stuff. One of my heroes. Um, and Jeff Leiden, who is the new Farm Sanctuary executive director. And then there's a big vegan dinner party and uh, dance, and they have uh, vegan beer and vegan wine. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a bonfire and camping. 
And so probably on one of our future shows, I'll be playing some of the interviews I get over the weekend, which would be great. And hopefully the vegan bus will make it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, if you want to find out more about the vegan bus, visit theveganbus.com. And if you want to find out more about Farm Sanctuary, you can visit farmsanctuary.org. Org. (laughs) Someday the vegan bus might be at org. Let's hope. And our guest, uh, Yvonne Smith, is um, has a show called The Traveling Vegetarian, and that's thetravelingvegetarian.tv. All right. Did you know there was a .tv? I didn't know. I didn't even know about the show. Didn't know about the show? I didn't even know about the show. Well, you're going to know after tonight. Is she, um, is she a traveling vegetarian or she's a traveling vegan? <laughs> uh, well, we'll have to ask her. Okay. As usual, I didn't do much research. <laughs> <laughs> Flying by the seat of my pants here at Vegan Radio. Uh, if you know how much work I've been putting into getting this bus ready to go. I do know. I don't have time to be surfing the net. I can't imagine you would. So. So, what you got going on this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a lot of special order cakes and such things. Any vegan weddings you're going to be serving this weekend? No. <laughs> no vegan weddings. Sorry to disappoint you. Did you know that uh, Monsanto is trying to promote bovine growth hormone as green? <laughs> and how, <laughs> how are they doing that? Oh, well, could bovine growth hormone help reduce the dairy industry's carbon hoofprint? That's how Cornell University's press office is touting a new study by researchers at Cornell and Monsanto an agricultural company owned by Satan. <laughs> that was Derek's um, little... RBST, better known as bovine growth hormone, was originally developed with DNA technology pioneered, blah, 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 and uh, to produce more milk in cows. We're already producing way more than they ever did in the past. And, of course, it causes more pus and blood to be in your milk products. And Monsanto has blocked every move to have milk carry a label that says it has rbgh in it how are they saying it's green well when we select for animals that are more efficient have a low environmental impact these animals that naturally produce more somatropin so basically you know they're they they got this stuff and they're trying to say that it's uh (laughs) the the new study argues that for every million cows treated with bovine growth hormone the carbon impact reduction is equivalent to removing approximately 400,000 family cars from the road or planting 300 million trees. Sounds like a load of <laughs> fecal matter, which is also in dairy products, by the way. When comparing recombinant bovine somatropin-treated dairy herds, conventional dairy herds, and organic dairy herds, organic production actually results in the biggest carbon footprint, says the study's author. And, uh, of course, organic dairy is what we call happy meat. Benson said that, indeed, concentrated feedlots are more efficient. So if you torture cows, confine them, and uh, cause more agricultural runoff and pollution, it might actually cause a lower carbon footprint. That's their, <laughs> that's their argument. Wow. In order to, f- to feed those confined animals, however, a farmer has to plow, plant, and harvest field crops like corn and soybeans. And that's one of the biggest releasers of nitrous oxide in farming. You know, a lot of companies uh, promote bad things as good. Well, Oil companies. Right. They're, everybody wants to have, like, the green yep, stamp green. of approval, and then they think that people will buy their product if they can somehow label it green. And if people don't educate themselves, then, you know, they they will be buying those products if they see that they see that word, and it's gonna, it will make them be more of a consumer. So RGBH, bovine growth hormone, also increases the uh, hormone that is the same in humans and cows. I think it's called IGH-1 or something, Mm -hmm. which promotes breast cancer. Yeah, since it promotes cancers. Basically, all of us have potential cancer cells that grow in our bodies, and the the IGF-1 has been shown to statistically increase the risk for cancers such as prostate and premenopausal breast cancer. And one of the really nasty things is that even if dairies don't use the uh, bovine growth hormone, um, when dairy producers gather the milk, it all gets mixed together. Unless you're buying organic, you're probably drinking bovine growth hormone 
And it also increases rates of mastitis, which causes more pus to be in milk and dairy products. Not a green product, my friends. This so is we're going not to a have product. a little musical interlude here, and then we're going to come back with Yvonne Smith. Listening to WXRJLP Northampton 103.3 FM Valley Free Radio, and this is uh, Vegan Radio. And that was Kyle Vincent, local vegan musician Kyle Vincent, uh, with his story of meeting a vegan love imaginary woman at Trader Joe's. Well, not supposed to be imaginary, but we know the real story. Anyway, Yvonne Smith, are you there? Hey, I am. How you doing? I'm good, Derek. How are you? I am hot and sweaty. Awesome. <laughs> this, the studio we're in, if, if we turn on the air conditioning, you can hear it on the radio. So we <laughs> keep it off, but it doesn't make for a very gotcha. uh, pleasant time, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I hear you. Yeah, it's been very hot in Nashville as well. But I do do hot yoga, so I'm used to this kind of thing. Well, that's good. And it's good to be seasonal anyway, right? And get used to whatever's going on. That's yeah, right. and not waste any energy. Using air conditioning. That's right. So you're in Nashville. I am in Nashville. I'm originally from Northern California, but I have lived in Nashville for eight years. And is there a lot? Is there a big vegan scene in Nashville? No, but I'm trying to change that. <laughs> One person All at right. a time. All right. Are you getting like a Nashville Vegetarian Society together? I am actually. Great. Yeah. Did you know that, or did you just? Think I, maybe I was. I just thought maybe I was just putting it out there. I I, I am. I went to Vegetarian Summerfest this year, and I saw Howard Lyman speak, and he talked about how he had moved to a very small town in Washington, and they didn't have a society there, and they were able to start one and get a vegan meal on the restaurant menus of every restaurant in town, but one. And I was like, you know what? Guess who's doing that in Nashville? Yeah, I'm doing that. I'm doing <laughs> that. So I am putting together that right now. That's awesome. Awesome. Nashville really Vegetarian I mean, we've Society. We've like, meetup groups and stuff like that, but they're it's just not the same. We need something a little bit more formal, and, you know, I want to put together a letter-writing campaign and the whole bit. You know, it's like Nashville is, is leading the U.S. in cities for heart unhealthy, oh, no. so um, we're going to change that. We are number one in heart unhealthy cities for women, and so I'm hoping to use that as my, as my angle um, for the restaurants. I think that they'll listen to that. So, so I'm assuming that there, there are no vegetarian restaurants there. We have three vegetarian oh, great. restaurants in Nashville. Awesome. Yeah, I know. Who knew? Yeah, it's not, you know, it's not Northern California, but. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what is? <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're making strides, and there's actually a new restaurant um, opening up in town pretty soon here, and I'm helping develop the, the vegan meals for their menus. So I'm pretty awesome. excited about that. So tell us about this show that you have. The show is called The Traveling Vegetarian, but yes, Megan, I am a vegan. <laughs> I Whoa. am. Um, I just have How did you sh- know she was going to ask that? She must <laughs> have been listening. She's listening. <laughs> oh. Um, I, uh, I have found that the word vegan tends to scare people, and when you are looking to be on a major cable network, it's probably best to be a little less intimidating. Very smart. So, you know, I know some people may look at that as me selling out, but the way I see it is I just want to get my show to the mainstream. I really think that we're ready for a vegetarian show to be mainstream. Just between, you know, even if animal rights isn't your thing, which obviously it's one of my personal causes, but if it's not, 
then at least most people can get down with just eating more healthily. And most everybody I know who's not a vegetarian chooses vegetarian meals on a regular basis, especially women. So I just think that, you know, people, a lot of people who, who watch the show and really like it are not vegetarian, and that's great. You know, awesome. if they're, they're going to make a choice based on something they saw in my show, then, hey, you yeah. know, I think that's great. Most so, people who listen to Vegan Radio aren't vegetarian either. <laughs> Is that true? Really? No, I just made it up. Uh, <laughs> I was like, Pro- probably most of our. <laughs> but most, of, to be fair, though, most of the people who go to vegetarian restaurants aren't vegetarian. You know, right, most right. of the places that um, that I've been to for my show, they tell me that most, probably about eighty percent of their clientele are non-vegetarian. So it's obviously true. they're doing something right, and they're doing something that people are curious about. So I want to showcase those places and let the world know, a. You know, I want to answer the question, what do you people eat? <laughs> and B, I want everybody who watches the show to know where they can go when they're on the road or even, you know, discover a new place in their own city that maybe they wouldn't have gone to before, but they see how great the food looks on camera and, and now they're interested in going. Right. And non-vegetarians, they, they'll go to vegetarian and vegan cafes and they, exactly, they see it, they taste it and they're like, this. they can tell the quality of the food and how great it is and so it's just going to draw them in absolutely and i've found um so many times that the food is made with so much love and heart that it really tastes better Mm. i agree that's my experience anyway oh and you're so cute i see your picture up on the screen yvonne (laughs) (laughs) i always ask for extra love when i when i order food (laughs) do you really yeah i said put some extra love in there (laughs) nice <laughs> you can taste it, I swear. It sounds cheesy, but it's true. Well, as long as it doesn't taste cheesy. <laughs> well, you know. Um, it's cheesy. So what so so what tell us about the show? Uh well, I just go to restaurants around the country and try the food, talk to the chef or and or the owner and really just showcase a bunch of their dishes. I usually just kind of I I'd usually tell them kind of the, the kind of things that I'd like to try, but I usually also let them kind of you know, if they've got something they want to showcase, I'll be happy to try that as well. If you see, um, if you go to my website, uh, which is thetravelingvegetarian.tv, you can see um, all of my. I actually have six segments on there. That, um, it's about like two half-hour shows that are that are done. And we went to Atlanta for the first one, and Asheville, North Carolina, for the second one. Oh, Asheville! Where'd you yeah, go in Asheville? Asheville? Rocks. The Laughing <laughs> Asheville Seed. Rocks. It's it's great. So. Um, so the the featured show on my site is from Laughing Seed in Asheville, and I mean they just have amazing food. And they brought me I think like seven or eight entrees. I was just sitting outside at this table, and they just brought me food after food after food, and it was incredible. I got to try so many different things, and unfortunately we had to edit down like hours of footage into <laughs> seven or eight minutes. But I tried everything, and it was all great. So, now, so you get a lot of free food. This I was week. just gonna say now, what better idea did you have than to go and get a lot of free f- vegan food? And then I you're know. on TV. It's fantastic. Well, free is all relative because actually uh, my husband and I financed the uh, first two shows ourselves. Oh, okay. So, um, and you're you know, traveling <laughs> Free in terms of not so much, but, but yeah, you know, and, you know, the restaurants are so cool. They'll usually feed my crew as well, and they've all been really wonderful. So you have a whole crew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two cameras, a sound person, and a producer-director out on the road with me. Now, now how, how wide is your audience? Where does this get shown? Um, well, I don't know. I mean, you could see how many how many views I have. I think I've done about 50,000 views combined with MySpace and YouTube and, and all the other Internet networks that have picked me up. I, there are a couple that have just decided to put me on there. Um, some ask, some don't, and that's fine. I really just I want I want it to get out there, so I don't really care. who's. So this isn't uh, on the actual cable network or anything? No, but it will be. It will be. Oh, good. It will be. So we're actually talking to a couple of them right now, so... Um, well, sometime we have to uh, team up the vegan bus and the traveling vegetarian. It sounds like a <laughs> oh my god, totally perfect, uh, perfect match. Absolutely, I'm so bummed I can't go to the hoedown this weekend, and I'm even going to be in New York. But I oh really? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to New York tomorrow. So New York City, or yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to be in Watkins Glen <laughs> far away. But there's not too many vegetarian restaurants in Watkins Glen for you pro- to probably to not. Try out. No. <laughs> I actually met Gene Bauer at Vegetarian Summerfest, so I just world of him and really um would love to be there but hopefully maybe i'll go i don't know i'd like to go to that thanksgiving thing they have every year yeah it's yeah a that's a good food. one too yeah someday i really want to do that for sure so where where do you have future shows planned 
I am dying to go to Salt Lake City, actually. I really oh, love yeah. going to cities where people wouldn't expect that there'd be a, a really good vegetarian selection. Mm-hmm. But um, I met Ian Brandt uh, recently, actually, at Vegetarian Summerfest as well. And he's got um, two cafes out there, Sage's Cafe and, uh, oh, shoot, what's the other one? Vertical something or something. Anyway, he's got two cafes out there, and I know there are a few more. So I'd really like to do some shows out there. I just went to Chicago last weekend and ate some amazing food up there. So that's that's Did an. You go to the Chicago one. Diner. I went to the Chicago Diner. I went to Karen's Cook, and I went to Green Zebra. I had a five course vegan meal with wine pairings. Oh my wow! God. And it was really awesome. <laughs> so that was really cool. So well, they've got obviously got a lot of places. I mean, you know, the bigger cities are, are are really obvious. I'd love to go to New Orleans and just. You know, they don't even. I don't even think there are any vegetarian restaurants in New Orleans. I, I know that there are places that you can go to at least find things. Yeah, I so think. I, I kind of like the idea of going to places, not just the obvious ones, but the ones where you just wouldn't think that you'd be able to find anything. Right. Have you ever thought of Northampton, Massachusetts? <laughs> I I have not. Honestly, we we but... have three vegetarian restaurants. Really? Yep. We have uh, Cafe Evolution. We have which is which also has vegan. Oh Sweet Mama's Vegan Bakery. Nice. And then there's a restaurant called Bella, which is vegetarian with a lot of vegan options and very nice and cozy. And then we have a cafe called um, Haymarket. The Haymarket, which has vegan food and also it's it's got a lot of coffee and it's our juice bar and everything. Nice. So uh, well, I think I'll have to go there. Got to put us on your list. Yeah, the list just keeps growing and growing. It's really actually exciting. You know, I mean, HappyCow.net is such a great resource because I and I honestly use it every time I go anywhere. That's how I pretty much find where I'm going. But I get emails all the time from people going, you have to come to my city. You have to come to my city. <laughs> so there's definitely, I mean, I just love that there are actually places all over the country where you can go and all over the world for that matter. So so you'll have a show will be half an hour. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to And is it just, it's just you eating all these delicious foods. Are, <laughs> are, you're, are you like talking about life experiences? Are you talking about the travel no, and getting eating. there? She's just eating. You just watch her eat. <laughs> I really actually do want to start showcasing the cities a little more. Um, I've learned a lot from the first two shows that we filmed, and I do want to showcase a little bit more of, like, the tourism aspect and all that. But, um, you know, there's only so much time in a half hour. But I really, truly want it to be more about the food than anything because I just think so many people have this misconception about veganism that we're missing out on something. Right. And I just want everybody in the world to know that we're not missing out on anything. Right. We've got such incredible food and I just don't think that most people realize that because, unfortunately, when you go into most restaurants, their vegan selection, if there even is one, is a veggie burger, a portobello mushroom, a salad, or a pasta dish. And while those things are all fine, there's so much more out there. I mean, most chefs just don't even know what seitan is. They don't, they're not cooking with tempeh. They're not, you know, they're afraid of tofu. And I just want every chef in the world to know that there's so much great stuff out there and that they could be so much more creative, you know. There's, it just... Ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they give ve- so vegetarians a bad name. And uh, and also, um, I'm a wedding photographer, and I, I do a lot of weddings, and catered food is also pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're lucky to get some, like, roasted potatoes and some iceberg lettuce. It's usually, you know? it's yeah. usually like, some badly roasted vegetables. Yeah, yeah with like no, overcooked no to spices. the point where you can't even recognize them right. anymore. And always summer squash and zucchini, which oh. I don't like in their cooked form at all. Every chef I meet, I kind of <laughs> I start grilling. You know, it's just like, so what about this and what about this? And you know, I'm sure they probably get pretty sick of me. But it's like, you know what? I'm not going anywhere, and I would like to go to your restaurant. So if you would offer <laughs> something for me, that would be really great. So I keep bugging them. Every time I meet one, I, I bug them just so that they can at least know that it's not just a couple people. I think that I think that there's such a much larger community that doesn't know to ask when they go into restaurants for vegan selections. And I think if enough people would really ask. And let them know that there really is, you know, a decent population of people that want to eat at their restaurants. I think that they would start making more interesting things. That's kind of another one of my platforms is, like, if you go into a restaurant and they don't have anything, ask. Ask. Ask for something. Because a lot of places, I mean, any chef that's worth his or her salt, in my opinion, can come up with something. I mean, you're dealing with every legume, every grain, every fruit, every vegetable. To me, that's a huge amount of ingredients. And all the spices. Huge amount of ingredients. So if you can't figure something out out of that, what are you doing working as a chef in a restaurant? 
Are you so you have future plans for your show to go to to have shows to going to restaurants that are not just vegetarian but just that that have vegetarian and vegan options? Yeah, well, we actually um, there is one restaurant in Atlanta that we went to um, called R. Thomas Deluxe Grill, and they are a health food restaurant, but they do serve organic meats and things like that, which um, we can all debate on the uh, health qualities of that. Right. But I think that I think they do it to bring people in, and they're a 24-hour restaurant, um, but they've been in business forever, and they do, yeah, they do have meat on their menu. Um, pretty much with, if I'm going to choose three restaurants, I'm going to choose two solely vegetarian restaurants and one that has both. Um, and when I went to Asheville, I did go to Asheville Pizza and Brewing Company, and they have meat on their menu as well. But I really showcased, obviously, the vegan things that are there. So it's one of those things where I want people to know that if they're going somewhere with their family or a bunch of friends and they're vehemently against going to a vegetarian restaurant, at least there's something for everybody. I do try to showcase that there are options. We all know uh, how families can be. I hate those families. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> so what, do you have any advice for, I mean, obviously you had a great idea here. But you, you're saying that you had to finance the first couple of shows. Do you have any advice for people who have, like, this great idea centered around vegetarianism or veganism? Not really. I mean, we were blessed in that we, we did have the, um, the ability to do it. But I have to say, when I went to Vegetarian Summerfest, I met people there who were ready to write me checks. Wow. And if you have a really, really great idea, there are people out there that want to support you. So Can it's, send me their numbers? I, mean, I happen to be a networking queen. I mean, I just love it. Like, I want to meet as many people as I can meet wherever I am. So um, I just think that you need to get your idea out there. Don't worry so much about somebody stealing it. I've, I've worried about that for a long time. And then I just said, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to put this out there and see who likes it. And at least everybody knows now that it was my idea. <laughs> you right. Know? Like, if somebody takes my idea and makes a show out of it, at least I know and, you know, 100,000 people out there know that have seen my show that that it was it was mine first. So I just don't worry about that. I'm also making a film about veganism um, that I'm going to start shooting probably in the next couple of months here. And I, um, I have people that want to give me money for that as well. So I, I just think that you need to get your idea out there and talk to people and you never know who's who's going to support it and go, you know what, I can help you, or I know somebody who can, or whatever. So there are people out there that want to spread the message, and that's the beauty about having this cause is that there are people out there that do, you know. It's like, well, I support this. This I want to get the word out. People may not be – may not have the resources themselves, but they do have the funds to help people who do. Right. Have you always been a foodie? (laughs) No, actually, honestly, no. Really? Yeah. Was it I the, the was, switch to veganism? for a long time, too. I barely even ate any vegetables for the longest time. So, you know, when I became a vegetarian, I was in college, and I was still eating mostly pizza and veggie burgers and things like that. Right. So, really, this show has opened my eyes so much to even what's out there. I've learned a lot as the show has progressed, which is great. And, you know, now I definitely consider myself a foodie and I'm going to cooking school pretty soon to expand my horizons even more, and I just want to learn all I can about it. I mean, especially when when you go to a five-course tasting and get to tr- taste the wine with all that and really get to experience what that means. You know, it's something that a lot of vegans don't think is really an open experience for us because this is something that people do at those shishi restaurants right. that serve beef cheeks and things like that. But um, <laughs> Beef cheeks? But no, we can do it. <laughs> there are restaurants Did you say that cater beef to cheeks? us, and we need to go and experience how amazing food cheeks? can be. Did you, we, Derek wants to know, did you say beef cheeks, Yvonne? I did. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that some southern thing, like brains? or No. It's, it's, it's a shishi gourmet thing? It's a shishi gourmet Oof. thing. Man, I wish it was. What's wrong with just, people? I looked at a menu recently that had veal cheeks on it, and I was like, oh. oh. Did you hear about that new uh, Japanese drink where they, it's like an eel drink where they crush up the bones and brains of eels and... Uh, put it into uh, some kind of drink. <laughs> well, I don't, you know, even I if I ate meat, that. that would not be appealing. I know. You know, I mean, honestly, I was raised eating meat. I, you know, as a kid, like a lot of us were, and it. I'm. I wouldn't even eat. I mean, I wouldn't eat veal. I wouldn't eat tongue. I wouldn't eat brains. I wouldn't eat. You know, there are still like even even as a meat eater growing up, there were a, there was a huge list of things that I would not put in my mouth. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's very cultural. You know. I, Probably in Japan, there's a lot of things that we eat that freaks them out. And oh, sure. sure. 
And, you know, obviously in the South, they, they eat brains and pig ears or whatever. And, and testicles. Testicles. Yeah. Didn't you see the Chevy Chase movie? Can we say that on the radio? <laughs> testicle, testicle. It's a medical term. Oh, okay. Um, do you want Do you want to talk a little bit about your um, conversion to veganism, or like what made you? Yeah, you had some. Decide? It sounds like you had some health issues, not not serious well, ones. Well, honestly, but... I've said that a lot. I'm, this is true confessions with a traveling vegetarian. I became a vegan for health reasons. Really, um, I wanted. I was reading some Dr. McDougall stuff, and I really wanted to lose some weight because I was looking to get into TV. Um, I'm actually a singer originally, but I was looking to get into to TV. I wanted to host a show, and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do yet, and I just knew that I needed to lose a few pounds. And I was reading um, – I actually had the, the McDougal, new McDougal cookbook that I'd had for years and years and kind of experimented with going dairy-free before, but hadn't really stuck. And, and I just – I started reading that book again and, and went, wow, this is this, – I've got to, I've got to quit. So I quit eating dairy. My face cleared up. I lost like two sizes. I mean, it was so easy. I couldn't believe it. My, you know, I'd had acne into my mid thirties and it was just getting ridiculous. And when I stopped eating dairy, my face completely cleared up and I was like, Oh, (laughs) you know, my dermatologist had told me this would happen. And, you know, I stopped drinking milk when I was 15 because of that. But of course, you know, like most people, I just couldn't Couldn't get over the cheese. I know. know. It's such an addiction. The amazing thing is though, is once I, once I went vegan and realized how incredible I felt, I mean, I just, oh, I felt amazing. I couldn't believe it. And everybody kept asking me what I was doing. And I couldn't wait to tell people because I felt so amazing. And I felt like I looked so great. And it was just this whole transformation for me. But then, of course, I started learning about the animals and, and started realizing that all this time I'd been supporting the veal trade by eating cheese. And that was something that I just had never put together and that was a huge thing for me. And, you know, now everyone always says to me, don't you miss cheese? And that's like, you know, honestly, when I look at a piece of cheese, I see something that made me feel like crap. It made me look like crap. And it supported something that I totally don't believe in. So it's like, well, no, no, that doesn't look good to me at all. So, yeah. For our listeners you know, out there who don't know, um, all, all dairy um, the veal industry is a byproduct of dairy industry, right. even organic dairy and happy right. dairy. Right, and, the, you know, really, if you start looking into health, I mean, I read the China study, and it's like, you know, dairy's worse than meat in a lot of ways. And, you know, it's promoting a lot of really horrible health problems in this country, and we just don't even realize it because, of course, you know, everybody wants us, you know, we grow up thinking that this is, you know, one of the four food groups. And it's like, what? No. You know, it just, it's just, it's, totally crazy once you really start learning the truth um i mean obviously i'm preaching to the choir with you guys but i mean it's just well it's we, we are on and fm radio so you never know who's listening that's true. <laughs> so and you know i met another uh, some more folks that i met at vegetarian Summerfest were um james levesque and jenny stein and they have oh, yeah. uh, humanemyth.org and yep. that that is an amazing site i mean they showed the slideshow from that um in one of the classes that i attended and i just burst into tears and i knew all that stuff but just seeing it seeing these baby calves ripped away from their mothers and and how that affects the mothers and i mean it just it's so it's just completely and totally heartbreaking and i just refuse to support it yep there's no such thing as humane dairy no no or humane meat i mean it's it is a myth humane meat um, I also noticed on your website it said your, you had headaches and menstrual cramps that went away. That's right. Yes, uh, thank you for reminding which me. Is... I, uh, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was an ibuprofen addict. Really? Um, once a month, you know, for two or three days I was, I was living on ibuprofen because I had such bad cramps and, and headaches, and, and now they're just a complete non-issue. I never take ibuprofen anymore. I don't even take any medication. I just I don't need it because I feel amazing, so... Yeah, yeah, it really freaks me out how much medicine some people are on and how much, how many how many things they do just so they can continue eating the way they're eating, you know. Absolutely. Cholesterol lowering medication and on and on and it all has side effects that cause other problems and Well, that's just it. I mean, you can't it's next to impossible to just take a medication and not have any kind of side effects. So, I mean, I don't I don't even know if it is possible. So I made a decision um, a while ago to get off all medication for everything, you know. And, of course, it's still – it's tough when you get a bunch of mosquito bites and, bites and you just want to bend a drill, and sometimes they do succumb. But, I mean, it's just um, 
you know, it, it, I try really hard to just not do any, any kind of pharmaceuticals at all. Well, it's great. And it's great. Luckily, to... I can do that because my diet allows it and makes it makes it better. So yeah, it's it's great to hear your story, um, a story from somebody that didn't go vegan for animal rights reasons, but went for health reasons and found how successful and how great you felt yeah. doing that and eating eating this way. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, I became vegetarian for for animal rights reasons. I just didn't realize that there was so much more to it. You know, there right. You know, there just is so much, you know, as we, as we, as vegans know, I mean, it's the best thing you can do for the environment. It's the best thing you can do for your body. It's the best thing you can do for the animals. It's, it's such a triple win. Yeah. I think, I think it's really the ethical animal thing that really makes it stick for people though. If, if you're just doing it for your health, it's, you know, you're, you're more likely to cheat or, or backslide. Yeah. Um, the environment, you know, everyone cares about, but it's, it's, it's a lot less it's a lot harder to uh, imagine what you're doing to the environment. But yeah, I think it's, really, I think that, it's kind of a hard sell for a lot of people, unfortunately. But I think that, like, uh, like what we're talking about is that people come to it in different ways. Well, that's what I'm yeah. saying. I'm saying, but if if she just came and for then, health reasons and, and didn't then, didn't get the ethical part, right, right, she might not be doing this TV show right now. Right, that's true. <laughs> She'd be doing the traveling omnivore. <laughs> Well, no. <laughs> the traveling no, happy meat girl. I've been for 16 years, so that wouldn't have happened, but no. yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just got to have a little... Uh, got to have a little humor. A little my dark humor. <laughs> Humor's so, good. I like humor. So what is your... Obviously, your movie's going to be on veganism, but what what um, perspective and like what direction are you going to take with that? Um, a little reluctant to talk about the whole thing, but it will be about... Um, I'm actually putting together a panel of experts that are going to be talking about different aspects. Great. That's about all I'm going to say. Oh, okay. But um, don't give but away it, too many of your secrets. Yeah. It, <laughs> well, if you need is, another expert, it's very I'm here exciting for and and totally and completely thrilled about it. And I've got a, a young filmmaker that I'm working with out of New York, and I see him this weekend, and we're going to talk more about what we're going to do. And it's exciting. It's definitely in its infancy stages, but I have some funding for it, and I'm very excited. And I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a great resource learning tool. I want to take it to the film festival and all of that. And um, another thing we're trying to do in Nashville is to bring food movies to, you know, I'm sure, like, if you guys have seen The Future of Food, you were talking about Monsanto earlier. Um, You know, movies like that, and there's a new milk documentary coming out, and there are so many great films out there that most people would never see. So I want to I want to bring these films to uh, to Nashville, like maybe every, you know, couple months or something, bring some really cool film that people may not have heard of and get a big group of people to go and, and watch the film and talk about it. There's so many things that we can all be doing to raise awareness. Yeah. Here, here. <clears throat> We're doing them up here too. <laughs> We're trying. <laughs> We're trying. Yeah. So Nashville, the home of country music and vegan films. <laughs> That's a wild mix. Yep, go figure. Go figure. But you know, there's, it's really, it's funny because I, I did not feel at home here for a long time, you know, especially like I said, being from California, just, it, it was hard to call Nashville home. There were just so many things that were so unlike what I was used to. And really, once I started meeting so many people in the community that do care and do eat well and are interested in what I'm doing, and, you know, the more people read Skinny Bitch, the more people come to me and, and want advice and mm. want to know what to eat and things like that. And uh, it, it's really, it's become home for me. There's this whole green movement here. We have green drinks here. We have another organization that I'm involved in, which is, you know, Women in Green businesses and things like that. We meet once a month and there's all these wonderful things happening here that I just never expected. And as the more I meet people who actually are thinking and caring, the more I feel like, okay, this is actually a pretty cool place to be. And I'm really glad that I'm here because I feel like I can make a difference here. It's totally. really working out pretty well for me. And the more you do, the more you're attracting other people like you to the exactly. area. I mean, our, our local wine shop is has a vegan wine section now because of me. Really? Yeah, which I think is the coolest thing ever. And so they're like, do you want to talk about vegan wines? And they're so supportive. And now I get to tell people what vegan wine means. You know, most people don't really know that wine is, that a lot of wine isn't technically vegan. Right. And, you know, I love being able to explain to people what makes a wine vegan. So, I mean, it's just, there's so much we can all do to raise dialogue and, and just people 
people want to know what's going on, and I can point them to my website, and hopefully they'll look at my friends page or my resources page and, and look around at some of the links that I've put up, and maybe they'll learn something. And I find it really fun. I mean, I just I wake up every morning, and I, and I can't wait to blog again or to see what's going on out there. And, you know, I get so many newsletters from so many great people and so many great organizations that I'm learning, I'm learning something new every day. And just the more information I have, the more I feel like I'm armed to help answer people's questions when they have them. And, you know, I don't try to be too militant with people, but I love answering questions. Hey, if you have a question, I'll answer it. You know, I may not, you know, cram it down their throat because we know how effective that can be. But, you know, I just like to, to, to be armed with, with all the answers to people's challenges and people's questions right. that they have. What's your favorite vegan wine? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a tough one? Yeah. Off the top of my head, that's a tough one. But I, I don't know. I just think it's so funny when, when people try to, well, but, you know, everybody's got their own excuses for what they do. And that's fine. You know, I'm not here to judge people. But, um, okay, here's my favorite thing. <laughs> here's my favorite thing that people do when I tell them that I have a traveling vegetarian show is that everyone. I don't eat a lot of meat. <laughs> exactly. Everyone feels the need to tell me um, their dietary choices or habits, you know, right. so it's hilarious. You just say, oh, well, I have a vegetarian show. You know, no, of course, I haven't said anything to judge them. I haven't said anything about, like, I haven't asked them about, about what they eat or anything, and everyone feels the need to, to give me their, oh, well, I don't eat that much meat, or yeah. I, I stopped eating pork, or, yeah, I don't eat red <laughs> meat, or, you know, it's like everyone, it, it's almost, it's so funny. I mean, these consciences that people have, mm-hmm. um, it's true. So they feel like they feel like if if you're a vegetarian or, or you know another one of my favorites is you know I should be, right? And it's like well you can. <laughs> <laughs> it's not you that have hard. That choice. I'd like to help you. Yeah, it's if you've read Carol Adams' Living Amongst Meat Eaters, it's just that premise of just by what you're doing without you saying anything, just by you being vegetarian and saying that people are instantly on the defense yeah. if they have that awareness or consciousness. And they and they're they're struggling with knowing that they should be vegetarian, but haven't made that decision yet. Right, right. I but on the, on the other hand, also being a being a happy and uh, healthy vegetarian also attracts people to vegetarianism too. I Absolutely. Think, so. I mean, I I really try to stay as happy and healthy as I can. I mean, I work out. I take really good care of myself, and I just I want veganism to look. You know what I mean? It's right. like I want I want people to to look at me and go, oh well, she looks healthy, you know, because there's this obviously you guys know this too, but that horrible, ridiculous stereotype about the emaciated, waif-like, you know, unhealthy yes. vegan. And I mean, obviously you guys have had you know Robert Cheek on the show and Ricardo Moreira and all <laughs> these people that are so you know healthy and look great and have tons of energy. And there are so many of us out there that are healthy and happy, and we're not these miserable weaklings that, I mean, I don't even know where that came from because I don't, I don't personally know any of those people. So no, well, there there is a sensationalness news too that, um, you know, these vegan family, you know, quote vegans that are having kids that are, they're milk, they're not feeding or, you know, they feed them apple juice and soy milk or something and the babies get emaciated and, Oh yeah, those stories break my heart because they don't represent, what yeah, but they, they they make the news and the blogs and everything, and yeah, I, I have a lot of doubt that these people are even really vegans. It seems like they're probably just using that as an excuse for trying to get out of their predicament. Yeah, it's so odd. It's so odd. And then, of course, you know, once something like that happens, everybody writes letters to the editor, and they'll only print you know <laughs> the ones that are. I mean, it's just it's crazy to me how much bias there is in those situations. Uh, John McDougall always writes these big editorials whenever something like that happens, and you know a lot of times they won't even print right. Them. Never gets published. Ridiculous. Yeah, jerks. <laughs> Dirty rotten scoundrels. Well, do you have anything in the last minutes that you feel like it's so important to get across to our listeners? Anything about veganism or go vegan? Go vegan. <laughs> Straight to I'm the point. So original. <laughs> No, I'm just really I'm I'm excited for the future. I've got so many things planned. Uh I mean, I've just man, I've got my whole empire in my head of, wow. of things that I want to the things that I want to accomplish and you know, once I get picked up by a network, I can start putting out the books and the movies and the TV shows that I that I want to do so that we can just make this 
make this mainstream and not make it so crazy and not make it such an alternative lifestyle. Just make it a healthy, happy choice. That's really my goal is to just awesome. get it out there and have it be what people consider normal and not not this crazy, you know, oh, those vegans, you know, they're crazy. <laughs> those vegans wanna, are at it again. Yeah. <laughs> well, I it's, just it's... want it to be looked at as as a completely legitimate choice instead of, you know, when you go into a nice restaurant and ask for a vegan selection and they roll their eyes at you, you know, I want it to be like, oh, okay, cool. Right. We'll do that. And not, and not something that's looked at as extreme. It's not, it's yeah. not extreme. I don't get that one at all. Like, oh, I get that all the time. Tell Those, me that uh, the way animals are treated right now isn't extreme. Exactly. You know? Give me a break. No. Oh, uh, yes. It's just, it's just a good, healthy, happy choice. And those of us who have made it are healthy and happy for it. That's right. Listeners, we've been talking to Yvonne Smith from the TravelingVegetarian.tv. And uh, go on, check out her videos. Yvonne, we got to yeah. get together soon. The vegan Absolutely. bus and the vegetarian TV. Yeah. The match made in heaven. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's supposed to be that way. Well, I'm somebody, sure. Somebody else will figure it out and we'll get it out there. I'm sure our paths are bound to cross. Absolutely. Um, and we'll be keeping an eye on your show. I can't wait to check Are out some Are you guys going to AR? Probably not this year, but... Maybe next year. What, what's the date on that? Uh, August 14th through 18th ah. in Washington, D.C. That's the Animal Rights yes. Conference. Yes. I'll be there if anyone cares. <laughs> so. I'm sure they do. Check out the Traveling Vegetarian at AR 2008. Yeah. Is, is it called AR 2008 this year? Yeah. 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 Hopefully there's no stalkers listening. <laughs> stalkers. <laughs> no, it's a small community. One thing that I've definitely found about the vegan community is it's small and close-knit and it's yeah. very easy to meet just about everybody. And it's very yeah. easy to meet stalkers. I love that. <laughs> yeah. If you want to stalk me, just go to my MySpace page. My page. <laughs> I'm pretty easily stalkable. I'm everywhere. I'm all over the Internet. So. All right, Yvonne, well, we, we got to go. We got another <laughs> show coming on after us, but um, it's great. been really well, great Great. Well, thank you guys so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. Have a great time with your TV show, and we'll talk to I you will. again soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Yvonne Smith, TravelingVegetarian.tv. You're listening to WXOJLP 103.3 FM, Valley Free Radio, and this is Vegan Radio. The tofu of radio. <laughs> <laughs> Go vegan. What's up next, Tony?